VWB is brought to you by Guidolinos. Guidolinos is the first cereal made for Italians. It comes in three different flavors. Cannoli, Piscotti, and Spaghetti. And every box comes with a surprise. A gold chain and an anger issue. This cereal is so good you're going to be wearing a velvet jumpsuit in no time. So go to Guidolinos.com for subscriptions and boxing options. That's Guidolinos.com. It's Guidolinos. Hey, I'm eating here. Veterans with Benefits is brought to you by Black's Moving Company. Black's has been moving families for over three decades. Whether it's residential or business, Black's will take your belongings out of your house or office. So let Black's end your moving woes. So when you see Black's in your neighborhood, you're going to know somebody's moving out. Give Black's a call at 775-856-3317. Or go to their website, blacks.com, to schedule an estimate or a move. That's Blacks Moving Company. Blacks. Veterans with Benefits is brought to you by Veterans with Wings. V-Dubs is the first online pop-up that specializes in adult wings. V-Dubs wings have more alcohol content than my mom. These wings are 477 proof. You're going to need more than blue cheese. You're going to need a sponsor. There's three tasty flavors. Bourbon barbecue, I can't find my glasses, lemon pepper, and what's happening to my eyes, garlic parmesan. Must be 21 or older or have an expired Blockbuster video membership card to purchase. So visit at VDubs on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and somehow they still have a MySpace account. And visit their website, veteranswithwings.com, for ordering options and applications for a career in alcohol chick. Well, it's been a few months, but like herpes, this podcast seems to come back. Um, before we start the show, I just want to give a couple of shout outs to a couple of my buddies that uh, recently re- uh, retired. Brian Sharkey and uh, William Shire. Go birds. So uh, my guest this week <clears throat> is Evan Eldridge. He's the host of the uh, Veritable Veteran Podcast, Um, does a bunch of stuff on TikTok and YouTube. Um, All his content is pretty awesome. It's not trash at all, but Evan's kind of trash. You'll find out. Enjoy. Evan, what's up, buddy? Hey, how are you? Good, man. Thanks for doing the show, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here. Yeah. So, um, let's start off and, uh, why don't you give everybody a little bit of your background and stuff. Okay. So I joined the Marine Corps in 2006. I graduated from a very small, uh, Christian school. So I had about 12 people in my graduating class. So it was small, (laughs) got to know everybody pretty well. Uh, and then joined the Marine Corps. I ended up, um, wanted to be infantry ended up getting misled i'll say by my recruiter and uh, told oh yeah we'll get into that <laughs> told that i could do uh, something else later but uh they got me into an aviation support job which i didn't want to do but anyway i got into that and then uh 
So went to boot camp, went to all the different MOS schools, and I ended up down in Florida doing aviation ordinance, the school down there. Then I was out in California for a little while. I ended up, my first duty station was on New River in North Carolina. So I was there uh, working on helicopters, working on, so you have to understand aviation ordinance sounds cool because it's like you get to work on weapon systems and guns and stuff. They sent me to a CH-53 squadron, which of all the units that you could possibly go to, that this unit has the absolute least amount of any type of ordinance. So I ended up in the tool room checking out tools to all the maintainers, and I just basically sat in the tool room all day and twiddled my thumbs. So oh. it was <laughs> that was not what I wanted to be doing. So that was kind of a rough start to my my career, but... Uh, did that for a little while, and then they they had a unit that was deploying to Iraq uh, for it was a, a security for Altakadam Air Base, <clears throat> and it was a LAD battalion, low altitude air defense, so like Stinger missile guys, and they they were deploying in 2008, beginning of 2008. And I volunteered because they asked for volunteers. And I was like, take me because I, I hate my life here. So maybe I'll at least enjoy something with that unit. So jumped in with them, deployed to Iraq. Uh, so I got to do a lot of infantry stuff, training, and then deploying with them. Then came back, was again doing the ordinance thing, hated every minute of it, started working on getting into, like lap moving into the infantry. Then uh, met my wife around that time. I was trying, I, I had a couple different career path options. I was looking at MARSOC, I was looking at recon, and then just straight leg infantry. And I was kind of, I wanted to do MARSOC, then that package kind of fell apart because I, I got injured while I was training. Um, so then I was thinking I could, I could maybe still do recon and then the, all the politics of the Marine Corps kind of, you know, came into play and I ended up just going into infantry i was like i gotta at least get into regular infantry if anything i can go to the other stuff later on but i was happy to be in the infantry so went and did that did the uh soi the school of infantry you know for because there's two different schools there's the for the marine corps there's the school that everyone goes to the marine combat training battalion and then there's the infantry training battalion so MCT is about four weeks long and SOI is like 10 weeks long, or I'm sorry, ITB is like 10 weeks long. So I had to go back through that. So I was a corporal E4 going through with a bunch of privates. That was super annoying, but anyway, it worked Dude, out. So, so, you know, when doing my little like um, half-assed research on you, I could have swore something on your, um, on your social said you were in the army. So, no, uh, I don't, I actually, I was looking at something the other day. It's kind of funny that you said that because I was looking at something and I typed in army veteran and a bunch of my stuff came up and I was like, oh, that's not, nope, not true. <laughs> I wasn't, so I was in the Marine Corps. Yeah, dude, I had all these army jokes ready for you. Now I got to start thinking about, <laughs> now I got to start thinking about crayon eating and shit. It, it won't take you long. There's, there's plenty. So, <laughs> So, um, yeah, I was, a, I was a parachute rigger in the Air Force. I was active duty for 12 years. Yeah. I actually listened to, uh, I, I want to say, the first four or five episodes of you guys 
And I was, so I was just trying to get some background on, uh, on, you know, just you guys and what you were doing and all that stuff. And it was, it was, I, it was funny. There was a, there was a story you told in one of the episodes about when you guys were in boot camp, talking about your inability to take a crap for about the oh. first three weeks. Oh, it's a serious thing. It, no, no, dude, you are the only other person that I've ever heard validate my story. Because I'm serious. That is exactly what happened to me. And everybody was like, really? That happened? I was like, dude, I'm serious. I could not take a dump for like, I, I want to say it was, it, it was a solid week and a half, maybe two weeks. I don't think it was quite as long. You know, I don't think it was three weeks, but it was, I, I could hardly eat anything and I could not take a dump to save my life. Well, it, it was, it's all, it's all, <laughs> it's all nerves, you know? Yeah. Like, yep. You know, in like, you know what I've had, um, I've done like 110 episodes, you know, and I've had everyone on the show except, um, well, no, I've had Coast Guard too. Yeah. And um, no matter what, you know, like I know everybody gives the Air Force shit for their boot camp, but <laughs> regardless, you know, boot camp's boot camp. You're like, yep. you know, you're yep. just a fucking, you're just a fucking dude. And then you go into that world. Yep. And it's just, it's just various levels, you know, like, you know, Coast Guard, Air Force, Army, Marines. Yep. But um yeah I dude I remember when I took a shit at finally like I remember that it was like the greatest <laughs> shit I ever took in my life. Yep. It was you know the dam finally broke and you're like oh my word I can like I can move and breathe and be normal again. Yeah, I was just like <laughs> I, I remember like once once I took a shit like everything came into focus I was like marching yeah. correctly. <laughs> everything finally made sense and you're like oh I can do this now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, where'd you grow up? So I grew up, uh, I was born in Texas, but my parents moved to Pennsylvania when I was not quite two. So I don't really remember growing up in Texas at all. I lived in what, Pennsylvania. Up what part of So up near uh, Erie. Okay. Okay. Right okay. on the lake. Okay. So who do you follow? Steelers, man. Okay. I respect, respect, respect. <laughs> my wife is from Quakertown outside of Philly. And we met, that's a whole different story, but we met in North Carolina, but she was always, she's not a huge football fan, but her family's always been an Eagles, Eagles family. Yeah, so respect, respect. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't mind. It's not like I have a hate, you know, for the Eagles or anything at all. I just, I've always followed the Steelers. No. And in, in, in that area, we don't like, I don't, I'm, you know, the Steelers to me are indifferent. Like I don't like, I, don't right. hate the I actually like the Steelers. Yeah. Especially back in the day. Um, my favorite player back in the day was Greg Lloyd. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, I'm a little, I mean, I'm 42. I don't know how old you are. I'm 35. I'll be 36 in a couple, in like a month or two. Okay. So we're pretty close in age. <laughs> yeah. So um, what year did you say you came in? So I joined in 2006. Okay. Yeah. I came in in 2005. Yeah. Yeah. I remember looking at, we had our, our times were very similar because I got out in 2017. I came in in August. So did I. 2006. Dude. Yeah. And I got out in 2017 in March. So I didn't quite do 11 years. It was like 10 and a half. So close to it. You know, and people like, you know, were like, why'd you do that? But like, sometimes you just got to get out. You know Dude, what I mean? Like I had that conversation so many times. I have it. I mean, because I, I joined, I'm, a, I'm a police officer now. And when I got there, they're like, what'd you do before this? And I was like, I was, I was a Marine. They're like, oh, how long did you do that? And I was like, oh, about 11 years. And they're like, oh, you only had like nine more years left. I'm like, Dude, you don't understand. They don't, you don't they understand. Don't there was nothing left in the tank it was i was done like when i came up to and i decided it was time for me to get out 
I coasted those last couple of months and there was no way I was staying any longer. That was and when you start off, unless you're like high speed all the way, dude, it's tough to stay in. Oh yeah. Yeah. And especially like, you know, it everybody's like, well, and I, I did the same thing. I got in, I wanted to do 20 years because I was like, man, I looked at the retirement. I could retire when I was, I was going to be like 39 and I could retire and have this, you know, all these benefits and everything. And I'm like, heck yeah, that'd be awesome. Then, you know, I got married shortly after I joined and it was like, I'm gone all the time. And I'm like, well, I mean, I can just stick it out and then I'll have this great retirement and my family will be taken care of. And then, but I, I kept doing the math and I'm like, my kids are going to be like, my oldest was going to be 16, 17 by the time I got out. And I was like, no, dude, I can't, no, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my last few years we moved around so much. I was just, I was just sick of it, dude. Yeah. It didn't help that I ended up with a really, uh, the, the, the command structure that at my last unit was, was really good except for one guy. And it was not his fault that I ended up getting out, but he did not help. And he just, for some reason he hated me. Cause I guess I just wouldn't play his game the way he wanted me to. And he kept trying to force me to do things. And I was like, I don't have to do it that way. Just cause you tell me to, it, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like that. I have, we do, we, we cover an episode. We call it, um, what the hell did we call it? Um, something about shitty leadership. And yeah, I actually listened that, to that one and that one. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a big thing. Like if you, you know, especially if you, you know, if you come in and you're an asshole, like you're going to be an asshole. Oh yeah. It just gets amplified a hundred times. Yeah. Because eventually, so, as long as you're breathing and you don't like get completely physically broken, you're going to get promoted. I yep. Mean, it's just, you can coast your way in and eventually you're going to get promoted. And as long as you don't do something really stupid and get, you know, demoted or you know, whatever, then you're going to continuously get promoted. So. So um, before you joined, what was your process? Like, did you, were you always just like gung ho wanted to be a Marine? So it's no, no, I growing up, I did want to be like in the army or the, I always said army. I didn't really. Everyone says that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I always played army, but I had talked to one of my buddies. We were going to, we talked about joining, going to the air force Academy. We both wanted to be pilots. We wanted to go to the Air Force Academy and and then eventually, you know, go be actual pilots. So we talked about that for a while and then it kind of the, the desire kind of died out because we found out all the process you have to go through to get into the academy. And I was like, I don't know if I feel like going to a military school for four years and, you know, hating my life the entire time and then joining the military. <laughs> so I was like, oh, maybe not. But then my buddy joined the Marine Corps. He went to the early... Uh, and delayed entry program he signed up and basically i was like well he did it so i want to do it so i kind of just followed in his footsteps and joined as well um and we ended up going to boot camp together and i mean it was a great experience and i'm glad i did it's just funny that i, I kind of shamelessly just jumped on his bandwagon and followed him in but i knew that i wanted to do something the the decision to get in uh to to actually go through with signing up and, and you know getting into the military was not an overnight thing. I, I spent several months, uh, I mean, just praying and, and just trying to decide what to do because I, I knew I wanted to, but I wasn't sure if it was the right thing to do. Oh, and, I'm the same way. And I was like, man, I, I want to do this, but that, but yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, at that time it was like, I, you know, they have videos of Iraq and they just finished clearing Fallujah. Uh, yeah. Fallujah. 
and they're in Ramadi and they're like pushing all these dudes into you know, all these cities and they're getting blown to hell. And, I, you know, my, my dad's looking at the TV and he's looking at me like, you really want to go into that right now? And I'm over here like, yeah, totally. And in the back of my head, I'm like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> but yeah. but I, I mean, also, my- I, I got suckered into the and there's a lot of opinions on this and I'm sure you, you have your own and have heard other opinions as well. The whole war in Iraq and Afghanistan, I think the American people were severely misled several times about what was going on and what the actual intent was. Uh, But I was young and motivated and super patriotic. So I bought it like hook, line and sinker and was all about it. Um, So, and that I, you know, I got into, I got in because I wanted to go serve and I wanted to fight. Well, like that whole war, it was kind of like our generation's Vietnam. Like, yeah, we should, maybe we shouldn't have been there, you know, but we were there for fucking 20 years. Yep. 100%. <laughs> I mean, then, then that's, you know, when we, you know, I started my, my Facebook page back in like 2018 and I was, you know, building a following and just kind of making videos about whatever. And then, when we went and when did we get, when did they actually pull the plug on Afghanistan? I cannot remember the, the year. Was it 21? Maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I think it was 21. Anyway, when they finally pulled the plug on that and they just, they were yeah, yanking everybody out, leaving all of our gear there. And like they had the, this, they completely, you know, bumbled it up as they're trying to pull out and you know the Taliban's like overrunning everything. And it looked a lot like Russia pulling out of Afghanistan in the eighties. It looked very similar. Yeah. The, that really hit me hard when we were pulling out of there and it was like, we're just all the gains we made, all the, you know, the, the, the ground we took, all the progress we made is just gone. You know, and I remember like talking to a lot of my friends and, you know, making some videos and, you know, just talking on to some, you know, people on Facebook and on social media and just being like, is this, is this affecting anybody else? And it it definitely was. And there's a lot of people that were like, this feels like we did all that for nothing. Yeah. And I mean, so that was, that was tough, but you know, I mean, it, I, I talked to a buddy of mine who's, he's, I love this guy. His name's James Finney. He's a, a gunner in the Marine Corps right now. He's actually a chief warrant officer. Um, so he's he's still he's he got in around the same time I did. We had very similar career paths. We're in Afghanistan the same time and all that. But he stayed in and I got out. And uh, I, I I messaged him on Facebook and I just asked him, you know, what's what's going through your head? And he's like, dude, we got to do bad shit to bad people. And he's like, they're bad people. And they deserved everything we did to him. He's and you know he said he's like, were we there for the hundred percent right reasons? I don't know. He's like, but we got to go out there and jack up some bad people. And honestly, he's like, I don't regret any of it. Yeah, and I mean, when you watch when you watch anything on YouTube and you know all these kids, you know, fuck America. Okay, go move over there. See how you do over there. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you can go over there and then when you realize how bad it is, try and say that in their country and see how quickly you end up dead. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I never, I was never able to, I was, I almost went over there, but um, I got out of it because uh, my middle daughter was born. Yeah. 
and I wanted to I wanted to be there for her birth, so I didn't go. You know, so I don't have that experience. But you know, like I, you know, I have buddies that were there. Yeah. You know, talking to people on the show and stuff. So I, you know, I feel for you guys because I didn't, I wasn't physically there. But, but I mean, anyway. it's it's like you were still on the team, though. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, that's that's one thing that I I I talk to a lot of people about on my my podcast and just videos and things is people feel like, well, I didn't go, so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really part of it, or I didn't, uh, I didn't do enough because I didn't go. And one of the things that I talk about all the time is you signed your line, your name on the line. And that was a blank check for everything up to and, you know, including your life. If they asked it, if the military asked it of you, and just because you didn't go and do that doesn't mean that you weren't ready and willing to. Yeah. And, the, you know, everybody and I, I deal with that all the time. Like I was, you know, I was blessed to be able to deploy. And I, I know it sounds weird, but I got to go. I, I deployed. I got to see combat and I always wanted to. I wouldn't change a thing and I'm glad that I did, but I still deal with the whole aspect of, I don't feel like I did enough. I don't feel like, I feel like I could have and should have done better when I was deployed or I should have deployed again or, you know, on and on. I just, it's always been like, I didn't reach the level that I wanted to. And I look at all these other guys that did more and I think, man, it must be nice to be them. But then you talk to them and they're like, I didn't do anything. Like, I just did what I was told and, you know, played the hand I was dealt. And this is what happened. You know? Yeah. I mean, with my job, you know, we were, we were sports. So we worked directly with all the fighter pilots. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like I can say, like, yeah, I did help. Like, you know, like without the gear we would give them in the parachutes, they, they're not going to fly. Yeah. Um, you know, the Air Force is a little different. Like, I deployed once, but to fucking Guam, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I had never got to go to Guam or Japan or Hawaii or anything. I was always, I was either at Camp Lejeune, Camp Pendleton, or 29 Palms, just out in the desert. So it was, it was always hot and I just yeah. basically sweated. I was in Guam. I was in, um, I was in Japan. I was in Korea. Yeah. You know, like, um, I, dude, I, I were you ever in uh, Korea or Japan? I wasn't. No, I, I wanted. I wanted to. I never got to. Yeah, Korea was the fucking best, dude. <laughs> That's what I've heard. There's a lot of people that loved it. God, the yo. One of the things I take away about Korea is, man, I didn't see one homeless person over there, dude. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I was there. I lived there for a year. I didn't yeah. see one person. That's one thing that I I found interesting about a lot of um that I um Singapore. I had a we had a um. Oh, it was a foreign exchange student when I was in high school who came over from Singapore and he was just telling us about all the, you know, the stuff and how clean it was and the rules they had like chewing gum is illegal in Singapore. Damn. Like that, that because they know that it's just going to get spit on the ground and they're going to have to clean it up. So they just made it illegal. Like if you get caught with chewing gum, like you're getting, you're getting a citation and they're going to like throw it all in the trash. Like, they're going to whip fucking bamboos <laughs> they probably will and if you get caught with drugs they just basically execute you like yeah. they're like yeah you're done and they just you know like literally on the street like right then and there you're dead what is my inhaler yeah <laughs> too bad yeah <laughs> uh it's just pain pills i broke my yeah. leg uh so, um you know like i have a bunch of stories from my little brother's marine um what was it like dude like what was your experience in boot camp just that fear 
that fucking that that go 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 go. Yeah. So that when we we flew in to South Carolina because I went to Paris Island, and we flew in, and as soon as you get off the plane, there's these. They're not drill instructors, but they're like admin people, and they just start yelling at you to hurry up. And you run up there, and you got this little packet of paperwork, and you run, and you get in line. They're like, line up, line up, line up, and they're just screaming at you to line up, and everything you do is wrong. And then you single file onto this bus, and then you drive to Paris Island in the dark, and they make you put your head down and close your eyes, and they drive you in circles for like 30 minutes. Damn. The island's not that big. So, but I didn't know that. (laughs) So like when I, when, when we finally, when I started getting my bearings as to where everything was, I was like, man, this Island is tiny. Where did they drive us? And then I started thinking about, it was just in circles. They just made, you know, turn after turn after turn and they just drove us in circles. So we had no idea where we were. So then they pull up in front of the barracks and they've got the famous yellow footprints. So you all jump out and the, the drill instructor, the receiving drill instructor gets on the bus and he just starts screaming. So I grew up in a a Christian home, went to a Christian school, was always involved in church. My parents didn't cuss. They didn't drink. It was just I had and it wasn't that I was sheltered. I was just raised in a different way than a lot of other people. So when he got on the butt and he just started screaming and cussing and I was like, oh, my word, I have no idea what I just got into, but I'm in trouble. So we all run off the bus. We get on the footprints and then. The next, like all the receiving days are really a blur. All I remember is I couldn't eat because I was so sick. I couldn't take a dump because I was just sick with nerves. And I don't remember sleeping very much at all for the first, uh, I think it's like five or six days where you just get, you're just doing receiving, you're getting shots, you're getting all your uniforms, you're getting all your gear. And I mean, they're getting everything set up. You got to set up a bank account. You got to. It's it just goes on and on for probably five or six days. Then, uh, and this, and the whole time, my buddy and I were on the uh, the buddy program. So you get to go and you get to be in a platoon with your buddy as long as you sign up through it, you know, the proper way. So we were supposed to be in the same platoon, and he ended up in a different platoon. So I'm, already, I'm like, well, this sucks. Like, I'm miserable. I'm terrified. And I thought the only thing that I was going to have was my buddy would be here, and now he's not here either. At the end of receiving, they ended up fixing it and putting us in the same platoon. So that was good. That was a little ray of sunshine in the midst of hell. Uh, So we ended up, you know, just going through all the um, the beginning, like basic classes. I mean, everybody thinks boot camp is just, and you know, but I, the Marine Corps boot camp, everybody thinks it's like running and push ups and just getting screamed at all the time. Well, no, you got to learn how to be a Marine. So exactly. Gonna... I mean, there's there's so many, there's classes, just hours and hours of classes and a ton you gotta of learn the rank structure, all that yep. stuff. There's a lot of history that I mean, they, they really and I don't know if that's something that they do in the Air Force as much or I don't know about any of the other branches. Honestly, they do. They do. Do they? Yeah. It's I mean, because we had several, I mean, just days of history classes learning, you know, all of the I mean, the beginning all the way to, you know, right before you know in 2004 like when they had been clearing fallujah we were learning about that so i mean they they did a good job cramming all the history in there and there was a lot of i mean it any infraction you're just you're you're on your face pushing 
you know, or you're doing burpees or you're out. And and they used to take us outside to the sand pit and Paris Island is South Carolina. And I got there in August. So it's hotter than hell and it's super humid. But I think the worst thing was the sand fleas. And we'd be standing outside in formation and the drill instructors would walk and they would just drag their feet. And as they drag their feet, it kicks up all the dust. And it pisses off all the sand fleas and they come out of the sand and they start looking for something to eat and they start landing on you. And these things are just gnawing at you and you're in formation. And if you move, you're basically dead, you know? And so these things are like literally crawling in your nose, in your ears, in your, in your eyes, everything. And they're just gnawing at you. And they're literally standing there staring at you, waiting for you to move in the slightest bit. And as soon as you do, you just go straight to the sand pit and they just start hazing you in the sand pit. Until Dude, until so, they're done. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to say something for my civilian listeners, and you'll 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 you're gonna hundred percent agree to this. You will never be as tired as someone in boot camp sitting at a desk learning history of the military. Oh my word. Dude, dude it's like um the greatest sleeping pill on earth. Yes. Like I remember, <laughs> you know, just learning air history and you're just sitting there with you know you haven't slept in three days yeah and you're just like oh my god i think i'm gonna die die." (laughs) if it's possible to die from trying to stay awake this is gonna be where it happens yeah that was and then they used to do uh they would have us and it was pretty funny they would have us sit if we started to fall asleep i mean obviously we'd be doing push-ups and all this other crazy stuff but they would have us sit on the front of the desk because they have all the seats at the desk you can sit in the seat if you start to fall asleep, they make you sit on the desk in the front so your feet are dangling and you don't have a back to rest against. Yeah. There was probably five or six people that actually fell asleep and fell flat on their face off the desk and just like bounced off the floor and then woke up when they hit the ground. That was their, they're like, well, you won't do that again. And it's true. I mean, they didn't, but yeah, it was. Yo, so um, like our civilian counterparts won't, won't know this but i guarantee you if i asked you your social security number you would know it by heart 100 <laughs> yep. percent. you imagine yep. how many times we've said that in like in our career <laughs> and that's you know i actually one day i was talking to my uh uh oh it was my grandma and she said something about uh not giving her social and i was like why and she's like well because that's my social it's like you know the ultimate identifiable prize you know you can't give that to anybody and i was like i literally give it to people every day every day every day, <laughs> every day. you know i'm like, saying yeah. it to finance i'm saying it to my commander i'm saying it to the lunch lady in the chow hall yeah every everyone and yep 100 if you know if you've been in longer than one year your your identity could have been stolen a million times <laughs> oh yeah i'm amazed it's not stolen more often yeah <laughs> so so when you got out how far um when you were out did you start you know doing videos and making your podcast and stuff so the podcast is really recent that's just been the last couple of months i started making videos back uh 2018 oh dude i'm telling you a couple of those videos i was like i was like this motherfucker hit me right in the chest (laughs) yeah i mean that so i really and I, I I go through this in one of my podcast episodes, um, just talking about how I kind of got on the path of doing this and wanting to to help 
you know, veterans and just kind of get put videos out there that help put things into words and perspective, you know, that people can understand. Um, and what really started it was in, in 2018 in March, there was a there was a sergeant major who I deployed with when I went uh, to Iraq the first time with second lab battalion. And he was the most motivating and most motivated dude you've ever met. I mean, if you had a, a, a recruiting poster, he was, I mean, he was, he was it, he was on it. And he was the one that you wanted to talk to anyone. Cause he'd basically, if he was talking, you would want to sign up for 20 years right there on the spot, just cause he was that motivating and that just charismatic. And, and he needed to said. So then he, he got out after I think 30 years, he got out in the end of 17. So shortly after I did, and about six months after that, he put a gun in his mouth and killed himself. Jesus. And it was like, that hit me so hard because I was like that dude really. And he even, he had a nonprofit that was helping like veteran family or uh, active duty um, widows. And he was like going around, like helping them get, you know, furniture and uh, job placement and helping them with like school for their kids and all, all kinds of stuff for these widows. And then he was helping out a bunch of other uh, like wounded veterans and stuff too. Super motivated. Would have never thought. I mean, I didn't really have any contact with him. It wasn't like I talked to him every day or anything at all. I never, I never really talked to him. I just kind of followed him from a distance. Um. But when I heard that, it was like, wow, if that dude's struggling, everyone's struggling in some way. And, you know, and, and then people, I get a lot of hate on some of my videos and stuff. Like, oh, stop being a victim and stop, you know, stop making it out like all veterans are victims. And it's, that's not what I'm saying. And if they actually, you know, listen to what I'm saying, they would understand that. But there's a point where we have to understand that if, the majority of people are struggling with something we need to address it you know if it's if it's people it's important and we need to fix it or at least look at it and try to figure out what's wrong and that's kind of where i was at and i started you know making and honestly i i, I made a bunch of like silly videos and just funny ones or i was just being goofy and weird those i've always used those as kind of a a funnel to get people in and then I'll, I'll, I'll sneak in the serious ones that actually matter and that, that can help people. Uh, you know, cause I mean the funny one, everybody likes funny videos. They love memes, you know, and they all, I do, I, you know, I'm always sending memes to people. And if I see a video, you know, makes me laugh, I'm sending it to everybody I know. So I get, you know, laughing and having fun with it. And that's what I try to use to kind of keep people coming, but I try to get them to stay for the serious stuff of, Hey, like, you know, I've, I've dealt with this. Here's how it felt. Here's how I dealt with it. Here's what I did wrong, but here's what I, I, I may have done. Right. Hopefully this helps you. If it doesn't, I, you know, whatever, throw it in the trash. I don't care. That's fine. But if it does, you know, maybe share it with your family and they can help, they can help them understand what's going on or what you're going through or how you feel. And the response has been pretty wild. There's a lot of people, a lot that have been messaging me, you know, over the last couple of years, just saying like, I, I've never been able to put those things into words, but watching your video, it was like that, that's how I feel right there. And I was well, like, in, the, in the realm of, uh, you know, like YouTube and podcasts 
TikTok, like in the veteran realm of that, you need both. Yeah. I mean, because I've always been loud mouth clown. So when I started my pop, I wanted to focus more on like the funny shit. Yeah. Yep. So in like, but having guys like you on is important as well. Cause I'm like, you know, yep. it's, yep. With, listen to my show. I just want to make, you know, like telling them stupid shit that I, use. <laughs> because yep. I mean, like you could do a deep dive and you could be like, uh, you were kind of criminal and I don't know how to say it. <laughs> well, let's be real. I think everybody at some point was probably on borderline criminal. So I, I think, you know, we've yeah. all got the, we've all got that portion of our career. I've told people on my show before, like, the reason I started the podcast, I thought of the name and I thought it was funny. And I was like, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's, I mean, and I, I love the fact that like, there's, there's these, you know, the veterans that are funny and then there's the ones that are like way too serious sometimes. And I'm like, uh, I mean, yes, I, I, I appreciate a lot of their stuff as well, but I, I try to stay somewhere in the middle where, I don't want people to think that I'm validating veterans that are just playing the victim. Like, yeah. I don't want that. Like that. I do not want that at all. I hate that. I mean, um, like we had, we have an episode, um, one of my good buddies, um, died. And, uh, honestly, like the whole episode, we were kind of like shitting on him, like, you know, making fun. Of him. He was yeah. funny. He yeah. was like, our, you know, he was our buddy, you know, and he, you know, he died tragically, but like, what we remember is him being the fucking ass clown. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And that's what we remember. We don't, I don't like to remember like the last few months. Like, yeah. Yep. But like him crashing into the commander's car, like, you know, drunk, it was funny. <laughs> yep. Oh, and I mean, and that's what I love about veterans is, and, and just the community is. Oh, we're a different breed. We're, oh, we're completely. Yeah. We're we're a manufactured different breed. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you know, I'll I'll sit there and I'll say just heinous stuff to my veteran friends. You know, my wife's like, you can't say that. And I'm like, he knows I'm kidding. Like he knows I love him. Oh, like yeah. if I didn't love him, I wouldn't say that to him. You know, oh, and then like when you run across somebody you 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 know you've known you were stationed with and you walk up to him, get over here, asshole. Give me a hug, you piece yep. of shit. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> yep. And that I've actually I've bumped into a couple of guys, you know, like that. And it's it's just like that every time. It's just, you know, there's always that instant, you know, come here. Dude, you know, if me, if you and I met at a bar and we were sitting next to each other and we just started talking, we would instantly become friends. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. It's just the way it is. It doesn't yep. matter what. Yep. And that's I mean, it's just the. And I, I've, I've, I've spent a lot of time just kind of thinking about that because there's been a lot of times that I'll be in the airport or at a store and I'll see someone and we'll kind of make eye contact because I've just, I, I noticed them. And you can smell like, it. And you can, yeah, well, you can, dude, you can smell it. <laughs> I'm like, I, I know. Yep. There it is. And then, but it's funny because you can also smell the ones that you're like, oh, stay away from that guy. That oh, guy, yeah. he, nope, no I good. I mean, like, or in the, in the uh, police department, you know, it's probably like a quarter or half. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a bunch. There's a lot. Yeah, I work. I work at the post office, so I mean, like, yeah, when I see somebody, and I'm like, just the way they tuck their shirt in, or just the way they walk. Yeah, like, all right, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yep. 
it's funny because my wife will look at me and be like, you know, what are you looking at? And I was like, that guy over there's obviously he was either in the military or I mean, he and I'm sure I've been wrong. Sometimes he's, some of these guys like to just pretend, you know, but even then you can kind of tell they're like, I don't know if he was actually in the military or not. He, he seems like he may have just been like he really wanted to be, but never actually did. Now he just wears the pants and the hat. But, yeah. but I, dude, I, have you ever have you ever come across somebody um, doing like that stolen Valor stuff? I haven't. I've actually always wanted to <laughs> because I wanted to. I've always wanted to just walk up and start asking them questions and just, you know, make them look stupid. But I've, I've never had the opportunity. It's simple to do. You just go, hey, what's your MOS? And they go, huh? Yeah. They're like, what, what, I don't even know what that means. But yeah, yeah, that one, right then, right there. Boom. Yep. You're lying. <laughs> <laughs> Take it off right now. <laughs> uh, my buddy actually ran into one guy. And he was claiming that he was a, he had been a Marine in Vietnam, but then he, he said something about, he was 20. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> he just graduated three years ago. And so no, this guy was like, yeah, I was, a, I was a Marine. He was, he was working at a shooting range in a gun store and all this stuff. And this guy was like, yeah, I was a Marine in Vietnam. And he's like, okay, what, you know, what unit were you in? And he said something like the, like an army unit, like 110th or something. And my buddy was like, I'm sorry, what did you say? And he's like, oh, I was, yeah, the 110th. We did a lot of work with the SEALs. And right then he was like, and we're done. <laughs> he's like, you know, there was like 300 Navy SEALs in Vietnam. And, you know, there's 5,000 people walking around saying they were Navy SEALs. The thing about the, the stolen valor thing, I don't get it. I don't understand that, like that mindset. Why would you even, why would you pretend to do that? Like, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. It, I have no idea. I'm, I really, I really don't. Like, what I are you guess. trying to get a free appetizer at Applebee's? What's yeah. that? <laughs> like, what, what, what are you getting out of this? I mean, I guess some people look at you and they think, oh, thank you for your service, you know? And it's like, okay. oh, I hate like, I love when people say, I don't love it, but I'm like, get it. But I'm like, ah, stop, please. Yeah. Yep. It's so funny. There was a picture I posted, it was a meme. And this guy's like, when, you know, me every time they, uh, someone says, thank you for your service. And it's like, thanks for being you. And then it was like finger guns, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's super awkward. You know? It's like every single time someone's like, thank you for your service. And I mean, I, I, I just say thank you. And I kind of, you know, thank them for being thankful, but for so long, it's such an awkward, like, thank you for your service. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> You know anybody that's got like cringy military tattoos? Oh my word, yeah. Oh my word. Those guys are the worst too. Dude, there's we had when I was in the I was an instructor at uh infantry training battalion for about three, three and a half years. And these privates would come in off of uh boot leave. They'd go on, they'd come from boot camp, they'd have two weeks off like boot leave, and then they would come to ITB to get, you know, their training for their infantry MOS. And they they would, without fail, there was like a, you know, we'd get like 60 people in a platoon and probably 30 of them had a, a, a new, a brand new tattoo while they yeah. were on boot leave. And some of these tattoos were just wild. It's like death before dishonor. And there's like all these bloody knives and, and, they, and they were rifles. <laughs> <laughs> They've been they in the military for four there. minutes. You know, like, yeah. oh my word. That's funny. Uh, we had one guy. Um he got a 
a tattoo that said only the strong survive. Oh God, I would have killed that guy. So my buddy James read that and he was like, so, and he like, this is in front of like the entire company. So there's like 260 privates out there at this point. He pulls him out in front of everybody. And I was like, he's going to kill this kid. Like, cause I, at that time, James was not recovered from his deployment. He was, he was in, uh, three, five and three, five was in Sangin and they were the hardest hit Marine Corps unit since Vietnam. They got, I mean, casualties and people killed it just it, the highest percentage of KIA and wounded of any unit since Vietnam. And he got a purple heart and he's got the wildest stories you could even think of. Um, but he lost a lot of friends and this kid standing there with this, only the strong survive. And he's like, so, uh, was, and he starts naming off all these people that died. He's like, so are you stronger than them? And this kid's like, I, I don't know. And he's like, you know, and then he just keeps going and, and I could see him just getting more and more angry. And eventually a couple of the other instructors had to go grab him and drag him away. He was about to like murder this kid right there on the spot. And we, we told that kid, I was like, I would not ever, ever be in a room alone with him because you may, you, you won't live to tell about it. <laughs> like he's going to kill you. And then find a way to just, oh, it was an accident. He slipped and fell and snapped his neck in three places. <laughs> I mean, I broke my leg on a deployment once. And I'm like, do not. Please do not. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. it. Yeah. that. But it, it's, it's interesting. You get all these guys uh, that they get these tattoos and they're just, I mean, they. And I get they're excited about, you know, they, they just completed boot camp, which it's a big accomplishment. I'm not taking away from that. But it's like you have just started your military career, like chill out and just <laughs> like you are an infant as far as the military goes. So take a deep breath and just buckle up because it's about to get a lot worse. Yeah. I mean, in the Air Force, like, uh, you know, our symbol, that logo is corny. It's not cool. It doesn't strike fear into your eyes. When right. you see it. <laughs> so I never had the urge and I have tattoos and I never had the urge to get a, a military tattoo. Yeah. The only I would have gotten is like in my career field, <clears throat> because we pack parachute, we had to learn how to sew. Yeah. So I, I was like, I was throwing around the idea of getting like, you know, like a needle, like two needles crossed through like a, a bobbin of thread. Right. Just for like, just for like my career field. But I was like, nah, and that's kind of corny. I'm not going to do that. Right. But never would it struck my mind to like get that Air Force logo. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the EGA, the Eagle Globe and Anchor symbol is, it's iconic. And I can't, you know, I can't say that it's not. And oh, it's I love it. It's, it's an amazing symbol. It's got, a, it's rooted in, you know, history and it's, it's symbolic and all this other stuff. I just, I've never had, I, I don't have any tattoos. I've never gotten a single tattoo. I've just never really had the desire to. So all these guys are out there getting them. But I mean, you've got some guys and, and like some guys get it on their, a lot, a lot of people get it on their shoulder. They get a, an EGA on their shoulder, on the, like on the outside of their shoulder or on their back, on their shoulder blade. That's usually kind of the, the common place or on their forearm. So those are kind of the common areas. We had a couple guys get them. This one guy had one that was like a full back piece, but it was just the EGA. It was like the the wings were like touching his shoulders and the the globe was like his entire 
like middle to lower back. And I was like, dude, you got to calm down. (laughs) Easy. (laughs) Yeah. Like save, save some motivation for the rest of us, dude. Come on. (laughs) No, uh, you know, I'm not going to say his name, but I, I, I know a guy who got the air force logo and he got it like, you know, like, right above like your dick root, like where that like creep is, like yeah. right in your like he got it right there, like where a chick get it. <laughs> and remember he showed it to a girl like eesh buddy. <laughs> he knows I know he's listening. He knows. Oh that's hilarious. <laughs> I had a guy uh, that I I was with at uh infantry training school or infantry training battalion. He was one of the instructors. I worked with him for a long time. He on a uh, uh, let's see how to, how to word it. I guess it was a, a, a drunken, a drunken journey went and got a tramp stamp tattoo. Hell yeah. But it was a literal stamp that said tramp on it right above his butt crack. God damn it. <laughs> so he's every time, whenever he was like in the gym, getting changed, all these people are walking by just like making these stupid comments. Like, Ooh, Check out that tramp stamp. And it's all these dudes just like, you know, making fun of him. And I, they had no idea who he was. Like he'd be anywhere or he'd be out at like the, you know, a water park. And, it, you know, <laughs> dudes are walking by like nice tattoo, bro. And he's like, I hate my life. <laughs> so when I was in Japan, uh, you know, the, one of the rules was like, you know, you can't go get tattooed. Yeah. And I was getting like real, like towards the end of my career, I was getting real like rebellious. and I had zero fucks for anybody. Right. So I got a lightning bolt on the on the fatty part of my right hand, like on you know, like when you salute, you see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time, like I got a couple of Article 15s, and after my second, I uh, I remember saluting my commander, like looking at it. What? <laughs> I mean, I, it was real. Like back, like like I started getting covered up in like. 07 yeah and it was like that was a thing like they were like you almost were gonna get kicked out like yeah they there were several times back because i mean I, you were in at the same time i was so, i mean you know how all the things started changing they started putting women in the infantry and they started changing all the tattoo policies and don't ask don't tell went away and all this i mean so there's all these different changes that were happening but the tattoo policy was one that they were kicking like really really solid dudes out of the Marine Corps because of tattoos. And I just, I never understood that. I'm like, this is retarded. Like we are literally a war fighting organization and you're going to kick a guy out because he has a sleeve tattoo or tattoos on his calves or a tattoo on his neck, you know? And I just, it was, it blew my mind that they would, they would sacrifice our, our, well, our uh, readiness and our efficiency because of someone's tattoos. And that was yeah. that was one of the biggest indicators to me that maybe this wasn't the right place to be. I mean, it, it's the the Marine Corps is an elite war fighting organization, always has been, and I still think it is. But they really took a step backwards when they started trying to get into all the, you know, just making them more friendly looking and more friendly in their uh, reputation, I guess. And it was like we're here to kill people and break things. We're not here to make friends. Yeah. Like right? the, I, that was <laughs> the, you know, the Navy or the air. Force. Yeah. Like, no, Marines are different. They're yeah. here to kill 
it it just they're they're a different breed and they're a different breed for a reason you know and it's you don't you don't want to go to a fight with a bunch of guys that are really smart and nerdy you want those guys back there taking care of all the electronics and stuff you know yeah. if you're going to go into a street fight you want a bunch of guys that like to brawl and you've got guys the guys that like to brawl they like to drink they like to get tattoos they like to get loud and they like to just do dumb stuff because they're not afraid to get hurt so when they go and do those things they get drunk or they get tattoos or they do dumb stuff they all of a sudden are getting in trouble for it and it's like i understand you can't just do whatever you want but you got to understand you got a bunch of junkyard dogs living in a building they're going to fight eventually and they're going to hurt each other like they're going to they're going to fight and punishing them by taking their rank away and then like taking their liberty away and then doing all these other things is just it's not it's counterproductive i understand there needs to be consequences if you screw up or do something dumb but it just you know it, there was so many times that guys were getting punished for things and they were it just it kind of broke their spirit and yeah. they just they didn't want to do it anymore and they just they were like they just shut down they're like i don't care anymore and a guy that was like a really hardworking dude who was really good at his job, but maybe not so good like on Saturdays and Sundays when he was off work, they, I mean, he, they just broke his spirit because they wanted him to fit this mold that he did not fit in. And that I really had a hard time with that. And that was actually one of the things that made my, uh, my, my, that com the the guy in that command that I had the last command I had that he didn't like me that was uh one of the things that he really hated about me is I wouldn't push paperwork on people for minor things I was like I'm not punishing them with paperwork and putting a black mark on their record for something that small and he's like it's not small it's you know it's it's a detail and we have attention to detail and I'm like yes we do but that's ridiculous you want me to do this and like burn this guy for something as simple as, you know, he dropped his ID card and someone picked it up and, you know, we were deployed when it happened, but he wanted me to like hammer this guy. And I asked him, I was like, are you telling me that I have to do that? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm suggesting. I was like, okay, then I'm telling you I'm not doing it. Like you can suggest all you want. I mean, if you order me to, I mean, I, there's not a whole lot I can do. Because, I mean, even if I say no, he's just going to do it anyway. So it's yeah. like, I'll tell you that I'm not going to. But, uh, you know, because I just asked him, I was like, are you ordering me to do this? Or are you just suggesting? He's like, I'm suggesting and, you know, I'm, you should. You, you need to do this. And I'm kind of like, okay, well, I'm not doing it because I'm not going to mess this dude's career up over a simple mistake. And it wasn't like he was a habitual offender. He's a really good dude who made him. He dropped his ID card and it got picked up by a chow hall worker. And then, like, returned to us, and then we got it back to him, and he wanted me to, like, drop an Article 15 on him. And I was like, no, you've lost your mind. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I, I, do, yeah, I told it, the chief once that I was going to come to his house and beat him up in front of his wife. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's yeah, Yo, I got an Article 15. This is one of my Article 15s. For showing, for watching movies um, during an exercise, oh, like you know, like in, you know, like do, if you're on an exercise and you're working the night shift, there's nothing yeah. to do. You're just sitting yeah. there. Yep. So we put on old school. 
Yep. Yeah. And then, already- yeah. Oh my word. I was like, I was- so. I mean, there was a time that I had to, I had to end up, you know, just ninja punching this guy because I found him on post uh, in Iraq without his gear on. And we had, he had his gear just thrown on the floor and he's just like sitting on the floor. He's in a post. He's supposed to be watching this airfield. And he was, him and the other guy in the tower, you know, they were just like lounged out, you know, gear off, just hanging out. And I was like, no, I, I would go to bat for these guys, you know, every day protecting them. And then they, they pulled something like that. And I was like, nope, you're done. And, you know, because again, it was like if something had happened and they got hurt, it's going to come back on you know me. It's going to come back on the lieutenant because I was a staff sergeant and I was an E6 and I was the, you know, right below the lieutenant. He's the platoon commander and I'm the platoon sergeant. So I handle all the personnel stuff and I'm making sure they're doing the right things. And, you know, he makes all the tactical decisions, but I was handling all the, you know, all the, all the guys. And we had a really good relationship. And when they, but when they pulled that, I, you know, I remember we had a conversation where I, I pulled them all outside and I, I didn't, I did my best not to like yell and scream at them because I just didn't think it was productive. I thought, you know, they get yelled at enough. I will talk to you. If I have to yell at you, I will. Uh, but that's going to be like another level of you screwed up. So I pulled them all over and I just, they all walked over and they sat down and I was like, I am beyond disappointed. And they were just kind of like, oh, man, dad's mad. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know what to say because, like, I fight for you guys. And then you pull some crap like this. And I was like, I guess I just I guess I'm done. And I just kind of walked away. And it, it had the desired effect. They ended up like the other all the other squad leaders and team leaders took care of the issue. And then they ended up getting you know paperwork for it because, I mean, I, I had no choice because it got it got out pretty fast and everything, you know. And that's a huge deal, you know, in the Marine Corps. I don't know, you know, other branches, if you know, when they're on standing post or whatever, it was, you know, because they're they're inside this tower that's it's armored with like sandbags and Hesco barriers and stuff. But it was more of just a uh, like a dereliction of duty. Like, I don't care. I'm just going to throw my stuff on the ground and sit here and like not do my job. And that was a big deal to me. You know, just the fact that they didn't care. And that was, you know, that was something that really got me upset and got me fired up. But they wanted, you know, a lot of other times they wanted us to get people in trouble for wearing sandals to the pool. <clears throat> Imagine that you wear sandals to walk to a place where you're going to take your shoes off and swim. <sighs> um. So before we wrap this up, I um I run all my guests through a series of questions. Okay. Okay. So answer to your best ability. <clears throat> First, who's got the best French fries? Who's got the best what? I'm sorry. French fries. Ooh. Uh, honestly, I would say McDonald's. God, I'm, that's just, I'm not even going to put this episode up. <laughs> if I have to, because I like, I like crispy French fries. Bro, you never had an Arby's curly fry? Are you kidding me uh, right now? Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, see, if McDonald's had Arby's curly fries, they yeah. would be 
that would be on a different planet as far as good. I mean, Arby's curly fries are really good. But if I had to pick a fry that I was just going to go with 99 times out of 100, it'd probably just be straight McDonald's French fries. Okay, okay. What was your um, what was your favorite TV show growing up? Oh, man. Uh, the old animated Spider-Man. Okay. I, I, I got respect. It was on, usually it came on, it was on during the week at about 4 or 4.30 because there was Batman and then Spider-Man came on after that. And I love Batman, but Spider-Man was my jam. Okay. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Super strength. Super strength, huh? You just want a regular ass dude. I just want to smash things. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, Name me a conspiracy theory you believe. <laughs> oh man. Uh let's see. There, there's there's several F what you know, just you know, so you know. But I think one that I, I really believe uh is that JFK was not killed by Lee Harvey Oswald alone. I believe okay. there was a lot more going on that day than they'll than they'll admit. Yeah, I, I get behind that. Get behind that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last one. Favorite Tarantino. Ooh. Uh, hmm. I'm trying to remember. I really like I like Pulp Fiction, but there's one. Um, what's that movie called? I'm trying to remember if it was if Tarantino did it. It was um, oh my word, Memento. No, did he do that one? Christopher Nolan. Okay, never mind. I thought, yeah, I thought maybe he did that one because that was kind of Tarantino ish. But 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 the fact that you mentioned Memento, you get points. Yeah, (laughs) I really liked that movie. It was trippy, and I I watched it, and I you know I I enjoyed that, but I couldn't remember if it was was, it's in his drink. Oh my god. Yeah. I like when he's sitting there picking at the the bandage for the tattoo that says, and underneath it, it says, don't answer the phone. But he's on the phone the whole time, and he's talking and telling, and he finally peels it off, and it's like, don't answer the phone. And he's like, oh, crap, and he hangs up real quick. <laughs> that movie was trippy. Yeah. So, dude, um, before we get out of here, uh, let everybody know where they can find you, the podcast, all that good, good stuff. Okay. Yeah, I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram. It's just The Veritable Veteran. I've got all my different, you know, silly, goofy videos and serious videos on there. My podcast is the same. It's the Veritable Veteran Podcast. It's on Spotify. It's on, you know, Apple Podcasts. It's on Google. Uh, it's got some other ones that I didn't even know I was on. Uh, some of the other, like, uh, Chrome. And then there was something else that it was on. I don't know. But it's on all the, the regular ones. Uh, and then I'm working on a website right now. My wife and I are trying to get that put together. My wife and I have a podcast. Well, it's the same podcast. We just, every week we do an episode now where we do it together, where we talk about the, the issues that like veterans and their spouses and their families face, not just the veterans themselves. Now, give everybody what they want to hear. What's the word for spouse? Which one? You know which one. <laughs> Depend upon us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. All the old dependas are floating around. So, yeah, no, it's it, but we've got that going now, and I think that we've had some really good feedback on that because there's a lot of uh, a lot of 
veteran wives that have been neglected and they're starting to when they when they they've listened to us and listened to a couple of things that we put out they're starting to be like hey yeah i i matter too <laughs> like well, yeah yeah you do and that's what we're trying to just kind of open up the conversation for that because it's just there's a lot they deal with my wife's dealt with way more than she should have had to and you know she's a saint for still being with me so yeah well, dude, this was fun, man. I was really glad to meet you, man. Yeah, I'm glad. I was glad to meet you too. I enjoyed listening to. I've only listened to a couple of the episodes. I, like I think I said, the first like five. Um, you could skip all those. Go to like I say, go to episode sixty and start listening from there. Yeah, that's when the show really picks up. Yeah, I'll do that. I, I, so I, again, I'm a police officer, so I drive around. I'm in my patrol car, you know, probably eight out of the twelve hours, and I just listen to podcasts all day yeah. long. I think you, I think you agreed to do this before you started hearing. My- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did. I agreed to it, and I was like, I'm gonna listen to it, you know. And I, and I, because again, I'm, I'm still trying to get my name out there a little bit, you know. And I've got another, uh, a smaller podcast that they want to interview me tomorrow, uh, but it's real, pretty small. Again, I, but I'm not, I'm small, so again, it's not like I'm, I'm, you know, stepping down or anything, you know, to go talk to them. I just. It's just funny because I'm like, if, if they ask me, I'm like, yeah, I'll come on. <laughs> I'll do it. We'll talk. That's cool, man. That's cool. So, all right, man, this is it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up when I episode. Yeah, sounds good. I appreciate it. You know, enjoy talking with you and just getting to kind of know more people in this in this space. And so, yeah, it's cool. How many episodes are you up to now? I think uh, 111. Okay, yeah. When, so did I, you, when did you start? I started, I think, I, me and my buddy, it's like right as the pandemic started. Okay. Um, I took a few months off. The last that was, few that was a good time to start podcasting because there's nowhere else to go. <laughs> yeah, we, just, we had all these funny stories and we're like, fucking just tell everybody these stupid Right. Oh, I forgot. I was going to tell you, you asked me uh, if you have a second. Yeah, go ahead. There's a boot camp story that uh, it's it's been one of my, as my, far as my family goes, they think it's probably the best one. So I gained 20 pounds in boot camp. How? Exactly. That's what everybody says. That's what I said. <laughs> so, so I ate everything that I could get my hands on. If it was like anywhere near me and someone didn't have their hands on it, I was snatching it and I was eating it because I was just so hungry all the time. So there was, <laughs> there was a night that the drill instructors came out and he chucked a, a box chow into the trash can. Okay. And I was like starving. You were eating out of the freaking trash can. You know how they, they say like military vets are like trash pandas. Yeah. Dude, I'm I'm 100% serious. I went up there and I found there was like, there was a fruit that was still inside the box, like wasn't in the trash. I ate that. There was like, there was a sandwich that was in the wrapper. I ate that. Oh, Uh, so you're, you were like George Costanza. Yeah. 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 If if it was in there and it wasn't like buried in the trash, I was eating it. I mean, I, you know, so I, I, but I used to volunteer to take the trash because I could always find snacks and I would, I would stuff them in my pockets and I would go hide in my bed. So at, I would hide in my rack after all the lights went out and then I would just kind of, you know, sneak it. There was one time I had found this, there was a cinnamon roll that was inside of a plastic wrapper and I 
very slowly and you know tactically removed the plastic wrapper so it didn't crinkle because all the lights are out firewatch is walking around drone instructors are you know in their hut either asleep or leaving for the night and i'm up there i'm, I'm on the top bunk so i can't really hide all that well so i'm laying there and I'm, I'm i'm opening this thing as quietly as i can and i pulled it out and i got that thing i opened my mouth and i got it halfway in my mouth and all of a sudden all the lights came on and they start coming out of the the hut just screaming and i don't even remember what it was for i'm telling you dude my butthole got the size of a pinhead and i was like i'm dead like they're gonna kill me right here right now i'm dead <laughs> i just i shoved it under my pillow and i jumped up and they got everybody online and i and i was i was probably shaking i was so scared because i was like i'm dead but i mean it was that yeah so there was several times that i you know would go up and I'd be, i'll get the trash and yeah but i i gained i went from i was real small i was i'm, I'm about five foot seven so i'm not very tall but when i joined i weighed about 135 pounds so i was real little when i left boot camp i was like i just i feel heavier you know but i hadn't obviously hadn't been on a scale they don't have scales in the bathroom at boot camp but I went and I, right before we left, there was a scale in the one gear locker. I don't know why. And I weighed myself and I weighed 155. And my buddy was like, dude, there's no way you gained 20 pounds. And I was like, uh, go look, like <laughs> just check my weight. So I'm probably one of the only people in boot camp history to ever gain 20 pounds. But bro, you're the first person on this show. And I've, I've interviewed over 80, 90 people. Yeah. That admitted to eating out of the trash. <laughs> dude, was, I'm shameless, dude. I was so hungry. <laughs> yeah. I have a title for your episode. It's you just gave it to me. Like, okay. <laughs> I'll own it. I was okay I, with it. I was hey, so hungry. I didn't even care. I, if you listen to the show, if you start listening to like the back episodes, like you're gonna hear some of the craziest things you've ever heard. And like you're on that list now. You're like <laughs> You're up. You're top twenty. You're yeah, top. 20. I, yeah, I forgot I was because uh, you asked me about that, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start, and then I wanted to get that in there, and I forgot. So I'm glad I got that in there. I'm glad you did too. <laughs> I could have been teasing you about this three thirty minutes ago, right? <laughs> I said save it for the end. All right, I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to my podcast. See you. Yeah. All right. See. You. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was, well, yep. I love telling that story. Everybody, everybody thinks it's. It's, 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 it's a good time. So, oh my God. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. It was nice talking to you. You too, everybody. Thanks for listening. Peace. See ya. Veterans with Benefits is 100% organic and cruelty free. The show is produced by Low Cash Productions, written and directed by Roland Spurbeck. If you or anyone you know is in crisis, please call the Veteran Crisis Line at 855-521-1317.